Today on Points for Trying, we're cooking up some failed inventions all about bacon. That's right. We're cashing in on an internet trend at least a decade too late. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to Points for Trying. I'm Brandon. And I'm Jessica. And together, we celebrate ideas and inventions that were unsuccessful, forgotten, or just plain weird. Uh, Jess, do you remember in around the 2010s, late 2000s, when the internet collectively went apeshit for bacon? I do, because I'm always crazy for bacon. So it was right up my alley. Oh, man. So you're, you're just nostalgic for this period, right? Oh, yes. You know what? That's when they came out with some really great cuts of bacon the hipsters really had a thing going they they <laughs> talked to the inner fat kid in me and i loved it <laughs> wow i love that enthusiasm uh i'll be honest i like bacon i didn't really understand the craze for it it's nice it tastes good but i don't know people kind of lost their minds for a while i'm i'm a big fan of bacon all right well you heard it here folks bacon gets two thumbs up there's a fierce debate over crispy versus chewy, but most people would agree that faster is better when it comes to bacon. In 1964, the makers of Ready Whip focused their instant food expertise on America's favorite pork product, and appropriately named it Ready Bacon. I know what you're probably thinking, and no, it didn't come out of an aerosol can. Instead, it was a foil pouch with an absorbent pad and four strips of pre-cooked bacon that you could heat up in a toaster. According to ads from the time, a packet would be ready to eat within 90 seconds. The product was patented, given an ad campaign, and even sold in test markets. However, concerns were raised that if a pouch leaked bacon grease while cooking, it could cause a fire. And hungry Americans were once again relegated to the Herculean task of using a frying pan. Okay, hold on. This only works because they were already pre-cooked, so you were just warming them up. So they're going to be a little weird anyway. But also to say, oh, bacon grease on a hot thing might start a fire, so we're just going to make you do it yourself with bacon grease on a hot thing. <laughs> Where's the sense in that? That is true, but I think the concern was toasters aren't really designed to have hot grease drip inside of them and... You know, frying pans are. I, I don't know. Researching this, a lot has been made about this risk of the pouches leaking grease into the toaster. And, and I think that's overblown for a couple of reasons. One, like you said, it's pre-cooked bacon, so there's not going to be a whole lot of grease in it anyway. And two, is it that hard to seal a metal pouch? I don't think so. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't think it's hard for them to seal a metal pouch. I have gone camping and done the tinfoil packs, and I can't do it. But somebody can. Maybe that's why you failed your interview at Ready Whip. Uh, you just didn't have those foil pouch sealing chops they needed, and apparently nobody did at the time. You know this means that in their test kitchens, the foil pouches leaked grease into the toaster so many times, and they've definitely had fires, for sure. That has to have been the case. Well, it's like the saying goes, you can't make an omelet without burning down a few kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring something else up, too, because 
like I said, a lot of articles really hammer on the fact that it's potentially unsafe because of grease leaking, but I found very few articles mentioning that you're also putting metal in a toaster. (laughs) (laughs) To me, that's the most unsafe part. I didn't even think about that. Uh, They really couldn't see the uh, electrical forest through the flammable trees. And it's only four pieces of bacon at a time. Not to sound like all I do is eat animal product, but who only eats four pieces of bacon at a time? Well, to be fair, it's four strips per packet, and most toasters have two slots. Okay. So that's eight strips of bacon every 90 seconds. Okay, that is reasonable. That's a strip of bacon every 11.25 seconds. Okay, so I think that you have a point about not having a lot of bacon grease and not being as much of a fire hazard as people might think. I think the biggest part would be the combined, hey, someone's already cooking it, so now it's not very fresh, uh, and the whole metal in the toaster that would probably have been much more of a concern. Yeah, I I don't know how well bacon stores when, when you cook it and like, Did you have to refrigerate these? Did you have to freeze them? Usually you refrigerate it if my bacon bits are any indication. They're supposed to be refrigerated. Would you have used it? If this was available today, would you use it now? You know, maybe. We can microwave bacon if we really want to, and I hardly ever do that. So if this tasted slightly worse than frying pan bacon, I probably would just still spend the extra effort and fry it up. You know, we put ours in baking sheets. Friends, here's an idea for you. If you put it in baking sheets and put it into your oven, you can cook the rest of your brunch on your stovetop and basically just forget about the bacon until it's ready. It does take longer, but it does get it nice and crispy, which is what my partner likes. Jessica, how many pounds of pork does your household go through in in an average week? (laughs) An average week? Not a lot, but an average brunch quite a bit. (laughs) Anyway, this is not the episode to listen to if you're keeping kosher. (laughs) Interestingly enough, a different company kind of took this idea and ran with it. There are some patents for a similar pouch made for heating up french fries. So the patent's called Package for Heating a Plurality of Substantially Upright Inline Food Items in a Toaster. Somebody really just wanted to use plurality. It was probably a dare, (laughs) and they earned 10 cents for every time they could use it in a sentence that week. Yeah. (laughs) To me, this idea is actually kind of a step backwards, because you mentioned your disappointment at only having four slices of bacon. Well, eight if you fill up the entire toaster. But this package of French fries, they're all like lined up vertically in this package. And it looks like you can really only fit like eight or 10 French fries in there. And like, who eats this small amount of French fries? Okay, this was filed in 1997. And if we know anything about the 90s, it was all the various diet food crazes that were going on then. So I say that this was based off of somebody who really wanted to have healthy French fries but only like five of them because they simultaneously hated themselves and wanted to treat themselves. (laughs) There were toaster ovens in the 90s. We had a toaster oven in the 90s. Like, just warm it up in a toaster oven. 
It's 2022. I have a toaster oven right now. Well, anyway, I think we've both talked about food for long enough that we're both hangry. So we are going to take a quick break and we're going to leave you with a message from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Congressional Lobbyists. Do you need funding from the government, but don't want to go through all the hassle of introducing and then passing a bill? With our patented system, we can attach that spending onto a bill that's virtually guaranteed to pass, making sure your pet project flies in under the radar without having to deal with any of that pesky democracy. Use offer code sign and get a free bridge to nowhere. Congressional lobbyists, no one knows pork better than us. Let's say that you love eating bacon, but you also love not having heart disease. Since eating bacon in moderation is absolutely not an option, scientists in 1977 developed sizzling, the low-fat bacon alternative. Because why not? <laughs> sizzling was made up by grinding up lean cuts of meat, removing most of the fat, and pressing the resulting goo into strips that looked and probably tasted a lot like spam. The recipe included pork, turkey, and beef, although there was also a pork-free version, which only had beef and turkey. The strips were fatty enough to fry and bubble like real bacon, but no matter how long they were cooked, they would never get as crispy as the real thing. Just a soggy mess. <laughs> also, side note, the beef-only version was also marketed as firebrand beef strips for a while, and the commercial is, well, it, it's just something. Tomorrow morning, start a stampede. Start a stampede to breakfast with beef. Firebrand beef strips from Swift. Strips of pure beef, firebrand beef, genuine beef through and through, with a crisp, smoky flavor that's made for the morning. So move over, bacon, move over, sausage. Make way for firebrand beef strips. Firebrand from Swift. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, what are your thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts on the commercial. Okay, legit, that strip of processed meat looks familiar, like I've had it somewhere, but I cannot place it. Also, it looks a little bit like if you smoosh them all together, it would be the McRib, but thinner, <laughs> right? Doesn't it have oh, that shit. same texture? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the McRib, it's this like completely artificially constructed cut of meat. They take a bunch of beef and grind it up and press it into a strip. Mm. I'm kind of wondering, based on the commercial and just what the product is, like who's this for? Like someone that just doesn't want to eat any sort of meat product unless it's beef. Right. And the gentleman in there was definitely a 1960s, 1970s man's man. He's a man's man. He doesn't eat anything that's not steak. Bacon, that's from pigs. Pigs are pink. That's girly. <laughs> For a while, sizzling was actually sold in stores across America. The TV ads featured the slogan, Move over, bacon. There's something leaner. It should be noted that the er in leaner was doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yes, it cleared the low bar of having less fat than bacon, but... It was still 37% fat by weight. 
It was eventually discontinued, and since then, the imitation bacon throne has been taken up by turkey bacon. So I understand the slogan, move over bacon, there's something leaner. But some of the ads had an alternate slogan, move over bacon, there's something meatier. And I don't know how something that's 100% meat can be meatier than something else that's 100% meat. I just, this one, this one confused me. Also, is it meatier? They're both pretty darn thin. So one of the comments online in one of the articles about sizzling did describe it as being meatier than bacon. And for those of you who've ever had Scrapple, no, it doesn't look like that. It's definitely smushier. You know, I had never had Scrapple until I moved to the Mid-Atlantic, and I gotta tell you, it's pretty good. Uh, I actually sometimes prefer it to bacon. I concur. I think I can see where the flaw was coming from, because ideally you want something with the flavor of bacon, but without any of the fat. So what they tried is take something that has both fat and flavor and remove the fat from it. And I think turkey bacon came at that problem from the other end. Take something that has neither flavor nor fat and then just (laughs) add flavor to it. (laughs) And don't even tell me turkey has flavor. It doesn't. If turkey had so much flavor, we wouldn't need gravy at Thanksgiving. Here's my thing. Every time you take something like fat out of a food, you do lose flavor, and then you have to add in chemicals for more flavor and or sugars. I don't think they had nutrition labels back then, but I would love to see what the nutrition was as far as the sugars and other flavors and preservatives that they required in order to make this acceptable to people. Food science is insanely difficult with chemicals and compounds and mouthfeel and shelf stability. It's insane. It's pretty cool to look at. And if there are any food scientists out there listening, hey, thank you. And please don't make monstrosities like this, but thank you for what you do. (laughs) And bring back the McRib year round. (laughs) I I don't support this endeavor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I think bacon is such a great product. There is some room for improvements. I think we can take a crack at it. I think for ready bacon, if it was wrapped in parchment paper, one, you could kind of fold it so that there was no seams at the bottom. If you like folded it in thirds and like made it so it was like an origami cup or something. And it's not metal, so it wouldn't electrocute you. Okay. How do you prevent it from catching fire in the actual toaster? Hmm. I'd have to do some experiments on that. I mean, you can bake with parchment paper, but I don't know if it can be that close to a a toaster heating element. Maybe you just have to put the parchment paper pouch inside the aluminum foil. Also, say that 10 times fast. Parchment paper pouch. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So we need the bacon to be inside of a container that we know is toaster safe. Well, what do we know that's toaster safe? Bread. (laughs) just stuff it inside some bread and heat that up yep it would absorb the grease it would be delicious sandwich already ready to go i like this i'm on board bacon calzone i think this might work i'm gonna do some experiments and if i show up to your house with a duffel bag asking to sleep on your couch you know the experiments were a failure and i burned my kitchen down (laughs) 
That's true, but that means that I, as the hostess, will make you brunch in the morning, and you bet your butt we're going to have bacon. And I'll cook it. No, you won't. You burnt your kitchen down. That's why you're on my couch. (laughs) (laughs) Oof, fair enough. What about sizzling? Any way to improve that? Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. This one might not be all that popular, but eat bacon a little less often? And just, you know, eat regular bacon, but less? Eat the real thing and enjoy it? That's some 2022 talk right there. That's what that is. (laughs) Live your life. Eat the bacon. Right? Like, if this stuff was, like, 50% leaner, but tasted like crap, uh, just eat real bacon, but half as much as you usually do. (laughs) This reminds me of when my doctor said I should drink less coffee, and I said I would cut down one cup a day. What she doesn't know is that my coffee cups are, like, 20 ounces. (laughs) Me consuming less coffee than I was before is still a whole lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I think there might be a way to combine the advantages of ready bacon and sizzling, but it's a bit out there. So we want a product that doesn't take a long time to cook, and it's got that smoky, fatty, salty flavor, but is healthier than pork. Wait for it. Smoked salmon. Friends, you can't see it, but I'm giving him a look. (laughs) (laughs) I've legit never had smoked salmon, so I am trying to guess what that would taste like in my head, but I like where you're going with this. Let me give you some advice. Go to your nearest deli, order a bagel with cream cheese and smoked salmon, also often referred to as lox. It doesn't taste like bacon, but it's got the smokiness. Salmon is kind of a fatty fish. I'm, I'm telling you, I think that's where it's at. Hmm. Bagel and lox. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Okay. About that time again. Does it get? Points for trying. Let's start off with ready bacon. Well, ready bacon uh, gets one point for fire safety. Because when they realized that it might set toasters on fire, they did the responsible thing and took it off the market. And it gets a point for really leveraging the utility of toasters. Utilitarian. Yeah. Any time that you can increase the value of your toaster, that'd be great. (laughs) All right. For me, it gets a point for epitomizing YOLO. (laughs) Want to try and risk it with a toaster fire that you might throw water on and explode your whole kitchen? YOLO. Ready bacon. (laughs) And a half a point for teaching at least some people about the fire triangle. I'm sure that someone had some fire safety lessons after that. And now I'm thinking, you know, have you ever been in the kind of mood where you just got to eat some raw cookie dough? (laughs) Uh, In college, I've done that. I just took one tube, cut it in half and took a spoon. Right. So if you had some of these bad boys in your fridge, it might be more of a savory version of that. We're like, well, I've had a bad day. I'm just going to eat some bacon straight out of the foil wrapper. I may or may not already do that with bacon bits. Yeah. (laughs) This would really revolutionize getting dumped. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. All right. Moving on. Sizzling. Does sizzling get points for trying? So it gets one point for that great name. (laughs) And it also gets a point for the offshoot, the firebrand beef strips. 
because that just might be the most American commercial and American product I've ever seen. If that ever took off, we would probably call that American bacon. Okay. Well, for me, sizzling gets one point for really kind of leaning into the craze and trying to be a little healthier, right? The diet craze, whatever. But it was a, it was a good faith effort to make something tasty a little healthier. I want to give it a half a point for the amazing marketing that they had. But then we'll have a tie, and I don't know that we've ever had a tie here before. What do we do, Brandon? Do we give it the half a point for the amazing marketing and the awesome 70s and 80s glasses? I think we do. I think in the bacon episode, we all have to be winners. I think so. Folks, we have a tie, which means we are all winners. 3.5 each. As the tiebreaker, we're going to log off and have a contest to see who can eat the most bacon. Me. It's going to be me. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, if at first you don't succeed, fry, fry again. So don't bring home the bacon. Think me. Bring home the sizzling.